Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about how you're a filthy liar. Well, you know, I do. What? How could you? Well, it's true. I think you're lying about me being a filthy liar. Uh Uh-oh. He's figured me out. Yes. I'm done. Wait, wait. was that a lie, though? Hey, Nate, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Well, I would say I'm doing terrible, uh, and that would be a lie. I am awesome. I'm amazing. This is great. Very (laughs) on brand. And you've brought a special guest here today. Uh, Yes, this is my former colleague. His name is? Patrick. Patrick. Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) Going the full name. Okay, geez. Wow, really bringing it out. Can I call you Carp? No. <laughs> Perfect. This is off to a great start. Great start. And you can't call me any version of that. Patty C? I'll accept that. Ooh. <laughs> all right. So Patrick and I have our side podcast called uh, Does Anything Matter? And oh. we started that because we just had super long, overly complex intellectual discussions at work. And we started the podcast because we stopped working together and we're like, hey, let's you know, keep talking and record this and monetize it. Cause that, that's what, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Up until now, most of it was irrelevant. So, yep. Yep. And, and we've had many heated debates, but we never get angry. So that, that's, that's what he we're, he doesn't. Oh, true. <laughs> and you, you'll put a link to that in the description so I can follow it. Cause I'm not even following that yet. Yep. It's on YouTube. Uh, there'll be a link right there in the doobly do. Oh, right in the doobly do. I, I hate that phrase. Why did I use it? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it before. I think you invented it and immediately hated it. Well, see, it came from Sysro and then uh, John Green and all them. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's terrible. Okay. So lying. Talk to me about, about lying. What, we're we're going to need to set ground rules on, on that, right? You were, you were saying beforehand that that would be super, super important. Yeah. So lying is one of those things where it's really hard to rein in at the margins because there's obvious lies. Like if I tell you that my uh, dick is small, obviously that's a lie. You guys know that's a lie. <laughs> but if let's say a parent tells to their, their child that, hey, Santa Claus is going to bring you presents. I mean, that's a lie, but it's a less obvious lie than the other one. Well, I mean, I guess size is relative, so that could in theory be a lie too. Well, wait a second. I heard this. It doesn't matter. Was that a lie? (laughs) I think that might be relative too. (laughs) I mean, to some people, Santa Claus really matters. Mm. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) So like the lie with Santa Claus is a lie that I I think it's argued that it's better for the child to have this fantasy. Like it's, it's funner for them. And then, if that fantasy is let down over time, it's it's okay. So it's like a white lie in a way where it doesn't really hurt things, but it, it, it kind of enhances it for, number one, the parents, but also the child too. It creates experiences that wouldn't be able to be had. But this, at the same time, if you try to bring that same logic into adulthood, it doesn't work nearly as well. Well, I mean, you could say that, but at the same time, I, I guess it depends on the person because how much do we romanticize in our own relationships? You know, there are certain things that we 
tell ourselves are relevant and others that aren't? And is it important for a relationship? Because I mean, if you always focus on the mundane, then I mean, that's difficult as well, right? Don't adults need fantasies? I mean, we're talking about like self-wise, but then a relationship though, like let's say that John really likes Susie and he like has this like a uh, infatuation with her and he has this, you know, picture of Susie, which is up on the pedestal and that's not the real Susie, but, but that, are you saying that kind of like, that uh, romanticization is helpful? And let's say John actually starts dating Susie and he keeps that kind of romanticization. He kind of like sees the good, but forgets the bad. Th- that's a kind of self why, but does that sort of self why have the same implications as a direct lie where he actually says something to Susie? I guess it depends on if it's sustainable. You know, if you expect something from it, then it could be harmful, right? Like you're saying, if you put somebody on a pedestal and it turns out that that person does not fulfill the expectations, then that can create disappointment and in some cases even resentment. So that might not be good. But I suppose it's okay to have some romanticism about a person or a situation if you don't have expectations from it. Does that make sense? I think so. Uh, where are your thoughts, Steve? Uh, I don't like lying. You don't? Uh, okay. Just in general? In any capacity. Okay. So, so There's split. like two situations where I think lying is okay. Um, and you guys have neither mentioned any of them. Uh, I think the, the biggest one would be um, a lie to uh, protect someone in a situation where they would want to be lied to. Um, such as like... Uh, like if uh, you have a family member who and you do drugs and they don't understand like that, that you're doing so in a responsible way or uh, it would give them undue fear, unnecessary fear because they don't necessarily understand a certain situation. Um, and so it would be better to lie to them because they're never going to be able to mentally wrap their head around the truth and instead will in their own mind make up a, a a falseness about what's actually happening. Like this is an awful thing that this person smokes weed and like, it's not an awful thing. So I'm okay with lying in that hyper specific situation. Really? That that's a little bit of a twist because we actually did a podcast. Where we talked about lying a little while ago. Uh, a lot different than this one, of course. But, uh, I said that I lied to my first girlfriend about mm-hmm. my uh, smoking of weed mm-hmm. and because I didn't think she was smart enough to understand the the implications of it. I mm-hmm. mean, I put it pretty bluntly, which is, you know, but it, it's something that I thought was true. And when I look back on that, I don't think that was a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. I would agree. At the same time, I think maybe a girlfriend is a bit different than like a grandparent because- yes. Like, I don't know if let's say I have a family member Mm -hmm. and that family member has an alcohol problem. I'm probably not going to publicize that alcohol problem to other people. You know, I might, let's say a kid asked me about it or like, say my, my cousin who is like, say 13 asked me about, you know, what's up with uh, uncle Dan. And uh, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, he just likes to have some fun and goes over overboard. Like, Mm -hmm. like it's sugarcoating it. And it's kind of telling the truth, but I I think it's kind of, okay to lie in that situation. But if you're choosing a partner or choosing a friend, it's a little bit different. I think the, that context is different. I agree. Mm-hmm. So it, if we had to apply a principle to that though, because let, let's look at it this way. If every situation is subjective, mm-hmm. which is sort of where we're going, that in certain contexts, it's okay to omit information or 
um, sort of sugarcoat information, but then other times it isn't, right? So what's the criteria that we use to actually determine what mm-hmm. what time that is okay to lie? And I think that's what I was talking about in the beginning with these sort of macro ethical principles, right? Mm-hmm. So if we take a utilitarian approach, then we can say um, what you were saying earlier is that if it's something that you would tell somebody that might cause harm, right? And there's no utility in them knowing it because them knowing it isn't going to change the fact of it, but them not knowing it isn't going to affect the universe, mm-hmm. right? So that's a situation where the utility of lying outweighs the utility of the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're right now defining lying or the the ethics of lying having to do with the magnitude or the effects of the lie. So, so it, it's like if you lie to a child like about Santa Claus, that is less bad than lying to them about, say... Uh, uh, something which is going to do them harm. Like it's good to run out in traffic without looking or, you know, the thing, or it's good to put your fingers in the electrical outlets. You know, th- th- those are lies because mm-hmm. we know those aren't true. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to come up with better examples, but there's, or, you know, if, uh, if a kid tries to bully you, you should uh, take a taser and start tasing them. That's, so, that's actually good advice. Oh, damn it. That is good advice. <laughs> Stick their finger in electrical socket. <laughs> But, but there's certain things you can tell a child or tell somebody which are obviously bad and wrong. But then there's the other case where it's not clear that it's wrong or bad. I mean, here's the biggest case. Let's say that uh, let's say that someone's on their deathbed. Let's say it's like my grandmother and I never liked my grandmother. And, you know, she asked me if I love her. And let's say I don't. But I say, yeah, of course, I always loved you. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't do me any harm just to tell her that I did. I mean, in her final moments, I mean, why wouldn't I? Yeah, I agree. So actually utilitarian principles, the way I said it was sort of mitigating harm. And that was with the, the example of marijuana. But utilitarianism can also apply to pleasure. So in this example with telling your grandmother that you love her, it's because there is some type of pleasure to be gained from the lie, but there's no pain caused by the lie, right? But there could be pain caused by the truth, which is that you don't love her. I right? really don't like that phrasing, that you're giving your grandmother pleasure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not It's not wrong. It's just, I just don't like the phrasing too much. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> it, it, yeah, you're right. I could do, you know what? We'll, we'll work on that for sure. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> but you get the idea of what I'm saying. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I that that's like hyper specific as well. Um, and that would be so hard. But I think I think it would be the truth, though, because like if I was in a situation where somebody was on their deathbed that I didn't like, I I don't know that I'd even be there. OK, he, here's another scenario. Uh, this is from. What's this? This is from Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not spoiler or anything. Hey, have you been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately? Uh, Yes. You've mentioned it twice (laughs) now, and I've been here for like less than an hour. Okay. So there was a character who was being put to death. So just just a random character, and he's going to have his head chopped off, and it was for doing something treasonous. And uh, what he told the commander to tell his wife and children was that. uh, he died fighting the enemy that he didn't commit treason. Mm-hmm. And so, so that would be something that if the commander were to comply with that would be a lie. Mm-hmm. And But it's a lie that, I mean, he, he could be truthful, of course, but it, it's not a lie that does, 
hit, like his family any good. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lie that does his family good, but doesn't do telling the truth would do his, ham, his family more harm. I think we did we the way to put it. It puts him to like an undoful amount of stress. I think that that's a very like to to feel that you have the right to make a decision like that, which could change the course of how people think about you or um, completely change the course of their lives. Like if those kids, especially in a situation like in Game of Thrones, where it's smaller community uh, can would change their entire course of their life, uh, then I think that that's like you have to really think a lot of yourself to feel that you have the power to make the decision that this is the right thing for them to know. I think you don't know one person can have the knowledge to be able to say, this is the right thing to do. I think the truth is always the right thing to do. Um, and whatever happens because of that is what is supposed to happen. So in that instance, would you, let's say that you are the commander in this mm-hmm. instance and you cut this guy's head off, but yeah. before you cut it off, he tells you, tell my wife and children that I died fighting the enemy. Mm-hmm. You tell them that they, that he died a traitor. I would say, um, if I, I'm assuming this is a situation where I have to be the one to tell them that. Yes. Cause you're, com- you're the commander. Uh-huh. At the very least, you may not like be the person, you not, you may not be in person, but you have to either send the letter or put your stamp on it. Um, no, I would tell the truth and I would tell that to him before he dies. Mm. Uh, I won't do that. Okay. okay. They will know the truth. Uh, how about you, Patrick? So, um, I'm actually going to agree. I think in this case, the truth is what prevails. And the reason why is because of the sort of macro implications. And we're talking about the external possibilities, because let's say that you tell the lie and you say, well, he, he died fighting the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. What if that kid grows up hating the people that supposedly were being fought, right? That child turns into a soldier that goes out and kills somebody else's family uh, based on a revenge that they thought they had to get, right? Mm. Or, you know, maybe by saying that he died fighting the enemy, then his family doesn't recognize that he was a traitor. And so they might therefore be blamed as well. Because keep in mind, we're talking about times when uh, we're, we're not in the same kind of democratic society that we're in. So there can be ramifications for people like that. And, you know, their families can suffer as well. So wouldn't you want to know if you were in danger? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose there's another implication there too, which is that if let's say the commander does spare the family in this way, I mean, there's those other implications, but there's also the implication that this might encourage more people to rebel because they know that their family won't necessarily suffer, you know, you know, ungravely knowing that they're, uh, that they're, husband or whatever died in that way, you know, as a traitor. Yeah, I agree. There, there's sort of one, one sort of interesting twist though. Okay. And I will give some credibility to your argument because let's say that you're a secret agent Mm -hmm. and you are placed as a spy in a foreign country. So you by default have to lie for your entire career. But in addition, you also lie to your family about what you're doing, because if your family knows the details of what you're doing, that can put them in danger. So it, it's a very similar situation to, okay, I'm about to be executed, so I want, but I want my family to think I died honorably and not dishonorably, right? The only difference is that, you know, in one case, the person, is, it, the person being alive, their family can be leveraged, right? And when the person has died, there's no reason to use their family as leverage. I think that's really the thing that changes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, lying gets really complex. There's so many different situations. I mean, for instance, advertising is 
mostly a lie. So advertising will tell true things, but it also tells you plenty of lies. And where that you know difference is between the lies and the truth is kind of like hard to decipher. For instance, uh, there's a company, Red Bull, that makes the energy drinks. I'm sure we're all well aware of that uh, drink. And they had this uh, saying, it gives you wings. And they also made certain implications that it would increase your performance. And there was no scientific backing for it necessarily that Red Bull specifically would increase your performance. So the I think it's the FDA sued them and they had they lost the suit and they had to remove that. So they removed that from all the branding because it was seen as false advertising. And marketing in a lot of ways will make claims which are more ambiguous than that, but that can't be verified. For instance, like you might say, take this uh, take this class here, take this social acquisition class and you'll gain appropriate social skills. You'll you know pick up women, you'll uh, make friends, climb the hierarchy. But the verifiability of those claims is n- n- not not uh, it's not as verifiable with that. And you can actually blame the person on it. Same with certain medications or certain like supplements or the, the secret, right? The, the book, The Secret, that says you can manifest things. That's an adver- it has certain claims and certain advertisements, but that hasn't been sued for making false claims, although they're making false claims. It, what's interesting about that example is I would say that they're they're trying to evoke emotion. So are they false claims? I mean, in most cases, they are. You, you could definitely say that you're not going to get wings when you drink Red Bull, right? But you could also say that maybe people took that too literally. I'm sure there are plenty of other brands out there that say things like that, that, you know, you're not literally going to going to get wings, but that's how you might feel, right? So it's kind of about interpretation. And when you talk about what results you expect to get from a class, I mean, like I took a public speaking class when I was in college. One of the claims of that class is that you'll be able to get up and speak in front of people and it's going to teach you how to not be nervous and it's going to teach you how to be colloquial and whatnot. And I'm still terrible in front of people. I mean, I'm sure you guys can tell right now, but it has to do with what you put into it, what you get out of it. Right. So some people do come out of those classes with the skills. So Mm -hmm. is it a false claim or is it that people expect too much and they, they think that they're just automatically going to get what they're, what they're given. I think, I think that comes down to phrasing. So like if they phrase it in a way that says, um, if you take this class, it is designed to do this. That's different than saying, if you take this class, you will do this. Those are very, very different. And I think those, that's really a really important distinction when, especially when somebody is paying you for a service or a product is to be able to say, uh, this is what the intention is versus this is what will happen. Very, very different. Where I get lost in all of this is, I, I think people are smart, but a lot of these lawsuits and complaints people make imply that they're really, really dumb. Like with the Red Bull one, I think there's no reason why that should have been taken off because obviously they're not claiming you should really have wings. Uh, if it's making very like specific medical claims, I think that's another factor. So for instance, uh, uh, the coronavirus recently, there's been certain products out there which have been claimed to cure the coronavirus or to immunize you against it. And those claims are factually wrong. And so from a health perspective, I have no issue with uh, the FDA or whatever governing agency going after those people and companies for making false medical claims. But if you have a product that has a more general claim where it's it's just like increases alertness 
I mean, that that's that that's something which is very non-specific, and you know, maybe you take it and it increases your alertness. You're like, oh, hey, this is great. I'll keep taking this. But in, in most cases, if it doesn't, you just kind of stop taking it, right? And you're like, oh, this shit doesn't work, and then you tell other people. Like, I I don't think it's like lying. It's just like it didn't work for you. Like so. I, I agree. I think that we've we've circled this a couple times, so I'm going to try to pin this down, right? It's about the intent, isn't it? That when you tell a lie, whether it's in it's advertising of a product or whether it's telling a child about Santa Claus or, you know, whether it's lying to your spouse about doing marijuana, whatever it is, the, the intent is what actually makes the act belligerent or not, right? Uh, so if the intent behind the act is to be deceptive or manipulative, to try and get people to give you money for something that you're not certain is going to play out the way that you claim, right? And you know that. Mm-hmm. Like a good example would be uh, the companies that are being sued for the opioid crisis, right? They they knew full well they were telling doctors it was not as addictive as it was, and they weren't they were falsifying the information Uh and they were doing it for profit. And we know that tobacco companies were the same way before they were heavily regulated. So really it, is that what it is? Does it come down to intent? I think, but there's also like a meta level too. So for instance, uh, there's famous like fitness YouTubers and personalities that will sell lots of supplements and programs and they'll sell you pretty much anything they can sell you. And a lot of these people, they're on like steroids. I mean, just, just case in point. Uh, not that that really matters too, too much as the degree of like, it, it, it challenges how effective their supplements actually are if they use steroids, you know, because that's what they mainly use. But th- there was one prominent one who, you know, he made claims that with this program, you can gain 20 pounds of muscle in a month. And that, that, claim is just ridiculous like that that doesn't happen that's not realistic if you're taking steroids even that's a little bit too much uh and in a vlog he was saying that you know this is the marketing this is what we do in marketing everyone knows it's bullshit everyone knows it's just you have to get your attention like it, it's not lying to people it's just marketing like he made this differentiation between marketing and uh like truth right and he said once you get people into the program you tell them what the truth is you tell them you know this is what that is you knew this was the fact because you know when you bought this program you didn't expect to gain 20 pounds of muscle no one expects to gain 20 pounds of muscle but this is what the marketing says and this is just get you into the program because you know what you need to do i mean i wouldn't know the difference so i might believe that something like that and uh, that's what what lies people tell themselves uh to rationalize and make it them feel okay with lying um you know there's a million reasons that people will say oh well it's not a lie it's this when they're just using a different word to to mean the same thing but their intention is lying i definitely agree it comes down to intention uh so here's a here's a good thought experiment for people right let's say i'm looking outside and i tell you uh there is a white cat up on the roof right now um, and right now there's a black cat on the roof. Am I lying? Uh, J- yes. Just based on the information you currently have. Uh, meta. meta. You're meta lying is what I'd say. Okay. Why is that not just an outright lie? Uh, well, because you, it's something you could have knowledge of, but the lie that you're ultimately having is that you don't have that knowledge about whether there's a black cat, a Oh, no. I'm cat. standing there. Look, I, I went outside and looked, and oh. I saw a I saw a white cat. I'm telling okay. you, I saw a white cat up on the roof. Okay, so so that's a lie then. Okay, do you agree with that? 
given just the information you currently know. So it would be a lie, but it wouldn't be immoral. And I think that okay. that would be the next part of this discussion because okay. we kind of established that the intent is what determines if lie if mm-hmm. a lie is right or wrong. So I think it correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're segueing into here is that when you lie about the color of the cat, right? There's actually no intrinsic effect on me or you or the environment, really. Mm-hmm. The fact that the, the cat is a different color is actually not relevant to me. Not where I'm going at all. Okay. So let's say, you know, I say, let's say I say it's a black cat. And then in reality, in the physical world, it's actually a white cat, but it was in the shadow. So I honestly believe it's a black cat. Is that a lie? The information is wrong. I'm, tell, I'm passing to you wrong information, but I believe it's true. So it wouldn't be a lie because a lie is based off your own internal knowledge, right? So mm-hmm. when you say someone lies, it means that they had knowledge of a truth and then they either withheld that truth, uh, you can lie by omission as well, or the what you said was contrary to that truth that you knew. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the same in legal legal sense. So whenever someone is charged with, uh, I'm sure it's like a more technical term, but uh, lying essentially, uh, what the litigation has to prove is that this person knew a fact and that they provided another fact that was contrary to that one. So let's say I tell you there is a black cat on the roof right now. I saw a white cat on the roof. But really, it is a black cat. Mm -hmm. I tell you something intending to tell you misinformation, but actually I told you the truth. Mm -hmm. Is that a lie? Uh, That is a lie. It's a, it's a lie technically, but it's a lie that happens to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a coincidence because you could take that same example and instead of cats, it's something that would actually have an effect on someone's life, mm-hmm. like spreading a rumor about somebody at work. You spread an arbitrary rumor or one that you, you don't think is true, mm-hmm. but it turns out later to be true. Like in The Office. Right. Yeah, yeah The Office is literally what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that show. But yeah, so even if the information is arbitrary and you just made it up, it doesn't matter if it turns out to be true or not true. Again, it goes back to intent. Mm -hmm. And and that's, I guess, my point is you you were saying, I I think it comes down to intent. And I think an example like that exemplifies that most people would agree. And if you don't agree, I highly suggest reaching out to us in some (laughs) way and letting me know. And I'd love to have that conversation because I think that's a pretty black and white example as to why as to why intention is really what matters in a lie whether you're you just intended to lie and you actually told the truth or you didn't intend to lie but you did lie it's not really a lie it's just misinformation and that's kind of happened to me a couple times where i so so it it could be a lie it's considered a lie like a, a lot of times pranks are lies so you tell someone something you set them up for the prank like hey there's something right out back for you and then they go out back and it, it, it's not great. It's actually bad. It's like, I don't know, a pie in their face or something, mm. right? Uh, but, but there's been times where I've pulled little pranks or I've done stuff like that. I mean, nothing terrible, uh, n- nothing like on YouTube, but it, it's been stuff where I was trying to do one thing and then something else happened completely different. Like, I don't know, like there's something great out back for you. And then they go out back and there just happened to be like a $20 bill. And they're like, oh, hey, that, thank you for that, Nate. And I'm like, what? I, did, that, I didn't put that there. And no, it's the other thing. <laughs> but I can't tell them that because now it's too deep. Like I can't, I can't walk back. Yeah, that, I think that's actually karma. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> so you let the, you let the coincidence become the truth 
So then the only lie that exists is in your own heart. Yes. Wow. That is karma. That that was very beautifully put. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's like when somebody asks you a question and you don't want to tell them the answer because you think they're going to get mad. And then they guess something else that happens to fit the situation and you just agree. Right. Because then you don't have to tell them what the real answer was. Oh, like when you're going to be caught out, like, hey, I know what you've been doing. And like, I don't know, even like smoking lots of weed. Yeah, and like, yeah. uh, I don't know, put butt chugging and stuff. <laughs> and, and, and just like, oh, crap, they know. Oh, what's that? Uh, I know that you have been playing that game at night. And you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I never meant to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I told you I'd quit that game, uh, Destiny 2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a shout out, by the way. <laughs> shout out to Destiny 2 if you're watching. <laughs> Uh, so that's like a lie that's well that's like you feeling guilty about all of the lying you've been doing you have all of these lies and like that's where not wanting to lie and not lying is becomes so freeing to me to like if i just don't lie then i never have to worry about getting caught on anything i would rather take the minor repercussions now than lie and possibly avoid them or have them compound i never think it's worth it mathematically yeah, I think you might be right about that. And I'm, I'm not exactly certain, so I think we need to talk more about this. So uh, next week, uh, you know, I think we need to continue discussion, and I think we need to talk. <laughs>